In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Scotland. Yes, that's right. I'm not here with a Scottish hammer. I'm here with Gordon McGuinness, which has got a lovely name. Gordon, from PFF, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you. It's a, a pleasure to have a fellow Brit on. And <laughs> at the moment, it's all about the Scottish hammer, so I've got to have a Scot on. Yeah, he's, he's been doing a great job so far. It's really nice to see someone from, from these shores making a big impact. Uh, we, we had you on the show last year, but just tell everyone a little bit about what you're doing with PFF at the moment. Yeah, so um, doing work as a senior analyst at PFF, um, doing a lot of writing um, just in general on the website, things with the NFL and college, um, and then in general just tweeting a lot about football, which is always a good thing. Let me ask you the most common question I get asked is how are you into American football in Scotland? That's the, that's the obvious question anytime you do anything you get asked, isn't it? Um, I got into it when I was like 14, I think. I was just flicking through channels, trying to avoid doing my homework, looking for something to do. Um, there was a game on, so I started watching it. Got quite into it. The following week, watched it again, and just it kind of built from there. Um, and then Neil Hornsby, who was... Um, start, who started up PFF as a hobby, was on the same fans forum that I was on, um, reached out asking if anyone was interested in helping and I was really into the sport so I thought I would give it a little try and it snowballed and snowballed and then has led into a career so it's uh, certainly not something I can complain about. And without being rude, you get paid to watch American football? Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot, wow. you know, there, there, there was a point earlier this week where... Um, you know, I'd been at my desk for probably the best part of a good 14 hours. And other than the occasional bit of back pain from sitting at a desk the whole time, it's really hard to complain when you've got to sit and watch football for, you know, 14 hours or write about football for a good few hours. Uh, and did you uh, analyze the Jets and Browns game? Uh, I, well, I didn't do the grading on it, but um, I did watch it. Um, I didn't stay up and watched it, but I watched it on, uh, on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, okay. Well, let's start off then with the PFF stuff. So um, any shocks, anything that you're seeing that doesn't line up with what we're seeing? No, I think I think everything pretty much lines up with where um, the Browns have been through the first two weeks. Uh, I think obviously week one was uh, a big disappointment because there was high expectations. Um, I know we had high expectations on the Browns coming into the season. Um, and then week two was really just a case of kind of righting the ship and, and getting the job done. Obviously the way things were with the Jets, um, you know, it was all, it was always going to be, or should have been an easy win on paper. And it was that. So um, grading wise, the one thing that I found quite interesting so far is that uh, Greedy Williams is graded pretty well. Um, he's currently the highest graded starter for the Browns. Um, I think we talked about him last time I was on, we were really high on him in college. Um, and we have him with just one reception allowed for 16 yards through the first two games. So um, he's been doing really well. Joe Schobert doing well as well, which isn't really a shock, has always graded pretty well for us. 
Um, and yeah, I think I think generally the grades are kind of lining up with where where the Browns have been through two games. A friend of the show, Brendan Leister, tweeted yesterday that Greg Robinson is number three in pass block win rate amongst OTs. Batonial is number one amongst the guards. Tretter is number seven against the uh, uh, centers. And the Browns O-line is number one in pass block win rate as a unit. Yeah. Yeah, there's been um, there's been some alright stuff in pass protection. I think overall there's been some stuff with run blocking that hasn't been great, um, but in general pass blocking um, in terms of our grades, uh, you know they've got a good few guys who have been in that high seventy, low eighties overall grade, which is which is a pretty good spot to be in. Now this is where um, my probably lack of knowledge comes in. I said the opposite. I thought our um, Run a run block was better watching it live in the stadium versus yeah. uh, um, the uh, pass uh, protection. But hey, uh, I'm a Brit just watching, uh, watching, <laughs> watching, and soaking up the atmosphere. So uh, the thing I've always found so, sometimes watching live, I find like you can feel that there's a lot more pressure, and it's just you know the quarterback is um, like kind of backing away out of the pocket a little bit more, um, and it just sometimes makes it look as if it's a little bit more. Um, of an issue than it actually is. Um, certainly, I've found that if I watch games live, I'm always like, oh, this is what I think I've seen, and then go back and watch it a little bit later, and you're like, okay, actually, these things. So, could be that, maybe not. Now, the other thing is, when I was in the stadium, I've, I have one eye on the uh, game, and then my hand in on, the, on Twitter. So, like, yeah. I, I'm, there's also like a one minute, 30 second delay of Twitter, people typing and putting it, but like, when uh, no one, even on TV, knew what happened to Odell's visor. So I'm, I'm sitting on Twitter then going, what has Odell done? Has he sworn at a ref? Has he, <laughs> has he done this? Has he done that? So um, the, one, the one bit of feedback I've got this week is being at the game and watching it on uh, Twitter, like seeing everyone else commenting, is the highlights didn't look as bad as it stopped and starts with commercials in the stadium. Yeah. Oh, think, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think the 40 minutes highlights seems a lot more impressive than actually watching it live <laughs> yeah yeah i've definitely i've had that experience from going to games as well okay great so yeah so uh, from pff nothing else that really stands out let's talk about your friend the scottish hammer yeah um so so far this season uh he is our eighth highest graded um punter which is brilliant i mean for a guy who um when he first came in uh you know it was it was looking like the type of situation I'd said to someone I was on a, um, a podcast here in Scotland and I'd said he seemed like the, the absolute perfect candidate for you know a toe injury in August that meant he went on injured reserve and they, they could have him on injured reserve for the season um, but throughout pre-season his performances started to grow and around about the third or fourth game um, I'd said to someone else it's getting to the point now where he's playing well enough that they're probably having conversations in Cleveland around this is how much we're paying for Colquitt. This is how much we save with uh, Jamie Gill and how much of a gap is there there. Um, and as we've seen through the preseason so far, he's grown even um, throughout then. We have him with just, I think he's just had like five return yards um, on his punts so far this season. Has an absolute booming leg, um, averaging over four and a half seconds of hang time a punt. There's a lot of stuff he does really well. And I think what's really exciting, or as exciting as you can be for a punter, I, I did special teams for a long time at PFF, so I get quite geeky about punters. Um, 
he's still very raw and is continuing to get better fairly quickly. Um, so the sky very much is the limit for him, I think. Yeah. So you're going to have to educate our listeners and educate myself, actually. So you're from Scotland. Do you know Jamie? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> um, I think I think he was from uh, up near kind of Inverness way. I think he's up like the, which is I think a good like five hour drive from where I am. And whereabouts um, are you? Glasgow. Glasgow. So yeah, just kind of central. A lot of people uh, will ask me the question, I'm coming to Edinburgh, where can I see the game? Is there any viewing spots in Edinburgh that people could go and watch at NFL? Yeah, so, I mean, it's really grown a lot in the last few years here. Um, there's a few places in Edinburgh. There's a pub called the Golf Tavern that make a big show out of doing NFL stuff at the weekend. Um, and they always have, like, special NFL menus on with stuff like wings. Um, and there's a good few just general sports bars in the in the city centre as well. Um, and then the same within Glasgow. Just most places, um, anytime you can find some type of sports bar, when it gets to that point on a Sunday, it's really just... You know, there's Spanish football like La Liga or there's the NFL on. So most places these days will have the NFL on somewhere. So it's a pretty good place to, to be able to go out and watch it. Mm. And uh, tell us, uh, what's your prediction for the score? Um, do you know, I've kind of gone back and forth on this one because I don't think the Browns are as bad as the record suggests. Or not necessarily as bad because one and one's not terrible. But I have a sneaking suspicion that they're going to play the best they've played all year. Um and I think I could see maybe a 24-21 win for Cleveland. Love it. Absolutely love <laughs> it. And uh, what, what team do you support? Uh, this is the one that you're not going to want. I grew up a Baltimore Ravens fan. Of course, I remember now. Yeah, shit. I'm sorry for my listeners. It was a mistake asking <laughs> McGuinness to come on. I forgot he's a Ravens fan. <laughs> All yeah. right, well, look, I've got some bad news for your uh, bet or your prediction. I think we've got 17 or 16 people on the injury list at the moment so um, I'm just going to go through it so we've got Cedric Redwine just a late addition a hamstring injury hamstring injuries I feel always normally quite serious so um, you then got Morgan uh, Morgan Burnett with a quad injury Um, Chris Hubbard foot injury Kurtz with a chest injury which I'm led to believe he's not playing on the weekend Uh, our swing tackle uh, Keelan Lamb's out with a knee injury. Tight end and Juku's breaking his wrist and concussion. Uh, Randall's also been in concussion. I hope he's going to come back. Special team linebacker Address Taylor's got an ankle problem. Obviously, defense spends Chris uh, Smith's got a personal, obviously, with his uh, um, yeah. wife dying. So it's just like it, it gets worse and worse. Joel Petonia's got a abdominal, he hasn't been practicing. Higgins has got a knee problem. Ogunjobi's been back, which is good. And then the worst news is Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams both got hamstring injuries. And uh, Robert Jackson's come up from the practice squad. So it is looking really bleak on the injury front. Yeah, the, the the ones in the secondary are the biggest concerns there. As we touched on earlier, Greedy Williams has been really good so far. Um, Denzel Ward graded really well for us as a rookie and anytime you've got both safeties um, injured, especially if you're going up against uh, an offensive mind like Sean McVay with the, with the Rams. Um, and then on the offensive side, I think the biggest one's probably Njoku there. Um, you know, obviously anytime you've got a weapon for Baker Mayfield that's going to be out, um, it can cause problems. Although the flip side to that is, you know, they 
still have play weapons in the receiving game that I'm sure they can still find some big plays. Yeah, so um, it, it, I said this during the preseason. I'm concerned the depth at tight end and depth at running back. Obviously, Chubb's healthy, touch wood. So, and we've got um, Hilliard behind him and Dearness. So, I think um, we've got a young running back room, which I'm okay with. I would like to vet in there, but that's no problems. But tight end, we've got Harris, who's basically young and unproven. Yeah. And we've got Pharrell Brown, who's coming through the rookies ranks as well. So tight end, we haven't played a lot of tight end uh, plays. But, you know, I would like to be playing sometimes two set tight ends and just really exploring that. And, yeah, we're super limited there. It's it's more and more obvious that the ball's going to go to Landry and OBJ. Yeah, yeah, and and definitely the injury makes that worse. I think you're probably right there. Anytime I think we've seen other teams throughout the league uh, employing some more two tight end sets, multiple tight end sets, um, and it would be interesting to see the Browns um, getting a bit more into that. But yeah, the the Njoku injury probably makes that even even more unlikely. Hmm. I'm going to go with like. 21-20 to the Browns. It's going to be a tight, tight game. I think at some point, so the, the biggest surprise for me through the first two games has been that Baker hasn't really been Baker. You know, we saw some really big performances from him last year and he was fine on Monday night. He just wasn't, you know, it, it was a passable NFL quarterback performance. Struggled, obviously, especially in the fourth quarter against the Tennessee Titans. At some point, he's going to have some of the big performances he had last year. Um, so Sunday night football, everyone watching, you know, I think there's a good chance that he kind of has one of his trademark big games this week. Yeah, it'd be nice to see him play like he played last year. Any insight why he's, or you think he may have been playing a little bit more conservative recently? So something I saw that was interesting, um, I think you guys have had John Costco on before. Yeah. Um, also from PFF, who's um, big with his Browns knowledge. Um, and he quote tweeted um, a thread by, I think it was Seth Galina on, um, on Twitter earlier today. And I think it was just talking about that Baker just isn't trusting getting the ball out to his receivers quickly. Um, just not getting the ball to the receivers as they come out of his break. So um, I think probably... You know, just there was a lot of change in offensive personnel. Um, you know, there's been some injuries and things there. Uh, the offensive line changed a little bit throughout the offseason. So all of those things potentially just made it a little bit uncomfortable for him early on. I think he probably just needs things to settle down a little bit for him again. Um, and once they do, I think we'll just see him get back to where he was. And Gordon, I've got to ask, you're a Ravens fan. How do you see the AFC North looking at the end of the year? Do you know, before I took a lot of heat because obviously I have a lot of Ravens fan followers on Twitter. And I, at the start of the year, I picked Cleveland to win the division. I picked Pittsburgh to finish second. I picked Baltimore to finish third. Um, I think... Well, I mean, Gordon, Pittsburgh... it's lovely having you on your show, mate. That's a great <laughs> prediction. Let's just stay with that. No, I'm joking. Go on. I think Pittsburgh now definitely have fallen away. Um, and I think it now becomes uh, a straight race between the Ravens and the Browns. The biggest surprise for me has been Lamar Jackson as a passer. Now, admittedly, it's been against Miami and Arizona, but even against teams like that, I didn't expect him to improve as a passer the way he has. So 
Um, right now, I I don't know. I I still think Baker's going to come good, and I think that probably makes the Browns the favourites. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Baltimore win the division now that Jackson has improved as a passer. Yeah, we're playing you uh, in game week four. Yep, it, I think in that's... Uh, in uh, Baltimore. So uh... yeah, I think that has the potential to be huge, especially. I mean, if things don't go the Browns' way this weekend, um, you're potentially looking at a game where the Ravens could go to three and one and send the Browns to um, one and three, or everything can even up in the division. So um, I think that has the potential to be a very fun game. Well, Gordon, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Where can people find your details? Uh, yeah, so on Twitter, you'll find me on uh, PFF underscore Gordon, um, and then you'll just find me writing stuff on the PFF website as well. Excellent. You're gonna get you're gonna get yourself out to any games this year? Uh probably not. A little bit too busy actually working. Um but yeah, maybe maybe in the playoffs or something as well, you know, get try and get something. I was gonna maybe go to a Wembley game, but um the Wembley games this year don't overly appeal to me, the ones that are the ones that are there. So what what's your view on um NFL being played over here? I I think it's great. I mean it's good to to get people involved. The the one concern I have is with regards to if they try and turn it into a franchise over here, um, you know, the reason why it's grown so much over here is because people have bought into teams and are big fans of teams. So if you suddenly move a team to London, a lot of those people aren't just going to switch their allegiance from the Browns, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Packers, and suddenly support the London franchise, especially when you consider that a lot of the people that go to the games aren't from London. A lot of them might be from Manchester, from Scotland, from Wales. So I don't think it's as simple a move as it gets made out to be at some point, but it feels like it's inevitable that at some point we're probably going to have a London franchise. Yeah, same as me. Um, my view is, is great. And it's great for the neutral as well. Like yeah. people, people that want to experience it can buy a ticket for a hundred pounds, go to Wembley. If they live in London, just nice to go and experience it. But it's not the same as America. And no. There's, there's, there's no way that um, if the Jags come to uh, London, I'm going to support the Jags. It's, it's, it's zero yeah. hope. And <laughs> yeah. like, you're not going to support them. And, I think 95% of all NFL fans in in the UK will carry on sporting their team. Yeah, and I agree. They may go to one extra game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right, Gordon. Well, it's an absolute pleasure. Hopefully, the Scottish Hammer has a great uh, game on uh, on uh, Sunday. Is he getting a lot of press over, up in Scotland? Yeah, he's had he's had quite a bit. So. Um... There was a few things on the BBC um, over here. Um, he's been getting a little bit of play on the BBC website and things like that. Uh, and yeah, people are definitely aware that there is a guy from Scotland um, playing in the NFL right now. So uh, that's always fun. I'll be super excited when they're selling uh, his jerseys in your local Nike store up in uh, <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll have that soon. Yeah. All right, excellent. Thanks a lot, Gordon. You take care. You too, thanks for having me on. Go Browns, game week four, we've got to win, yeah? <laughs>